brothers and sisters in Christ, let us begin, as we always do, by reminding ourselves of what brings us together, unites us, and gives us joy and peace in this life and hope of eternal life. In a nutshell, it is this. Grace, mercy, and peace are ours. From God our Father and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, through the working of the Holy Spirit. And so we say, Amen. One of the more significant developments within the American church during the past 30 or 40-odd years has been, has been the rise of what is referred to as the church growth movement. In a nutshell, the church growth movement focuses on the church's mission of making disciples of all people by using modern marketing techniques and principles in the task of reaching people with the gospel of Christ. Church growth advocates emphasize the importance of addressing people's felt needs and desires in order to be able to come close to share the good news of what they really need to hear and know. And I would suggest to you that we are well aware of how effectively some of those and those best principles have been used in this congregation, as we have witnessed again this morning on these screens of our vacation Bible school this year, just a sampling of the kind of effort and work that goes in to addressing people's needs. But in our effort to address people's needs and desires, Today's gospel comes to us to remind us that we cannot ignore the truth, the truth that, the Christian, that Christian discipleship is not a call to be comfortable, to be catered to, or to be entertained. Rather, it is called to follow in the footsteps of our Lord Jesus Christ, and that, that is a very challenging call. The call to discipleship is a call to a life of sacrificial love for others, a call to take up our cross and follow Christ in the way of sacrificial life, a call that often puts us in conflict with the ways of the world and invites the scorn of many and the rejection of many as we see it did for Jesus, even on this trip, his last trip to Jerusalem and the cross. He comes into a Samaritan city with his disciples, and the Samaritans turn him out. They don't want to hear him. Why? Because he has his face set to Jerusalem, and we could go into what's behind all that, but he was rejected. More specifically, however, it is the second part of the, today's gospel that makes it clear that the difficulty of following Jesus is not simply a matter of making choices between great and obvious goods and equally great and obvious evils. No, often, very often, in fact, I would suggest to you most all the time, it is the difficult business of making tough 
decisions between relative goods. I would even submit to you that in this fallen, sinful world, as sinful people, we never have an opportunity to make a decision to an absolute good, but always to make the greatest good in a difficult situation. According to Luke, Jesus is on his way to Jerusalem and death on a cross. And on that fateful journey, he says to a man, come follow me. The man replies that uh, I will follow you, only first let me give my father a decent burial. That seems re reasonable enough to us in the light of the fourth commandment, to honor our fathers and our mothers. Still another says to him, I'll follow you, Lord, but first let me go back and say goodbye to my family. Well, that too sounds like a reasonable request. After all, doesn't the church believe in the importance of the family and of family values? Of course it does. In fact, Jesus' responses to these two people sounds rather sharp, even unreasonable to us if we are honest with one another. He says, you remember, let the dead bury their own dead to the first man, and to the other, no one who puts his hand to the plow and looks back is fit for service in the kingdom of God. No, don't worry about your family, follow me. But you see, this sharp response is Jesus' way of remind us, reminding us that discipleship is always difficult. It is not easy. Conflicts are inevitable, and difficulty is to be expected. On this pleasant, warm, summer Sunday morning then, when we come to Jesus perhaps not terribly eager to be challenged in any way, uh, he comes to us through these demanding words and does just that. He surely doesn't romanticize discipleship. He is completely realistic by what it means to follow him. And so we need to ask ourselves again today, are we ready to continue to follow him no matter where that may take us? In his autobiography, Martin Luther King Jr. relates how as a young man, he didn't really feel like he had any choice to go into the ministry. After all, his father was a minister. His grandfather had been a minister. His great-grandfather had been a minister. His uncle was a minister. And his brother was already a minister. He writes in that autobiography, the church meant something real to me, but it was a kind of inherited religion which many of us can perhaps identify with, an inherited religion. And I had never felt an experience with God in the way that you must if you're going to walk the lonely paths of life. But Martin did go to seminary anyhow. And after graduation, he went to his first church in Montgomery, Alabama. Even though, as he put it, he had still not yet had a first-hand experience of God. He even had considered a career in teaching, that is, 
until a woman by the name of Rosa Parks refused to go to the back of the bus and ride there, which at the time was what was required of African Americans in Montgomery. Though only 27 and new to ministry, he quickly found himself being thrust into the leadership of a budding civil rights movement. And therefore, it was not long before his family started getting threatening phone calls, as many as 40 calls a day. He wondered if he could stand the stress. He admits he wanted out. And then he writes, one night, around midnight, another threatening call came through. The voice at the other end said, N-word, we're tired of you and your mess now. And if you aren't out of this town in three days, we're going to blow your brains out and blow up your house. Years later, Martin shared, I sat there and thought about a beautiful little daughter girl who had just been born. And thinking that little girl could be taken away from me any minute, I got to the point that I couldn't take it any longer. I was weak. Something said to me, you can't call on your daddy now. You've got to call on that person that your daddy used to tell you about, that power that can find a way out of no way. And I had to know God for myself. I bowed my head over that cup of coffee, and I prayed out loud that night. And in that moment, I could hear a voice saying to me, Martin, stand up for righteousness. Stand up for justice. Stand up for truth. And I will be with you, even to the very end. And that, of course, is just what he did. And we all know what the end was for him. To be sure, we are all not called to go where Dr. King was called to go. But again, I ask, are we prepared to go where faithfully following Jesus might take us? I would submit that our very presence here again this morning is testimony that we are willing. But we also all know how often we miserably fail to follow where Jesus would lead us. I confess that to you about myself. We compromise our allegiance to Jesus in his way so often in so many different ways. We remain silent when we really need to speak out. And we speak out when we really need to shut up and be quiet. We often say no when we hear him calling us to greater service, offering excuses far less reasonable than those given by the unnamed characters in today's gospel. But our, our struggle, is it not true, is often between what appears to us to be competing goods. We want to say yes when we are called upon to serve the church or the greater community. 
We want to help others that need our help, that need our support, but we also want to take care of, number one, take care of ourselves and those closest to us, our family members. We want to stand up for justice and truth, but we are often afraid of the consequences. We really do want to serve others, but argue that there are only so many hours in a day and so many dollars in our wallet. But still, we are here. Still, we are here again this day. And that means still we would follow. Sometimes we are faithful and sometimes we are not, but we are here again today. And the good news is that he is here again with us, speaking a word of forgiveness to us and teaching us from his word that we might be empowered to follow in his footsteps. He is here reminding us that if we often stumble in our attempts to follow him, he never fails to keep on walking with us. He is here reminding us because of his great love for us, he has set his face to go to Jerusalem to suffer and die for us on that cross that we might be his disciples and live with him now and into all eternity. If we stumble and we are detoured in our walk with him, we know that he never stumbles and is not detoured from his path, the path that led him to Calvary and to finally glory as the risen, victorious Son of God. Our elder brother who says, come unto me and I will give you rest. Come unto me, walk with me. I am walking with you. So he calls us again this day to take up our cross, to follow him wherever his spirit leads, and he calls us to seek clarity. Conflicts are inevitable, and difficulty is to be expected, and we don't have all the wisdom in ourselves, each one of us, and that's why we were baptized not only into Christ, but through our baptism into Christ, into his body, the church, that's why he brings us together in families like this, that as we walk together and we struggle with decisions, we find those among us that we can trust and speak our peace with them and speak our heart with them and seek their help in finding answers to those conflicts. To be sure, we are not all called to go where Dr. King was called to go. But again, we are prepared to go where faithfully following Jesus may take us. I would submit that our very presence here this morning is evidence that we are willing to follow him wherever that may take us. But we all know, again, how often we miserably fail to follow where he would lead us. And so, as we come to him again this day, we ask his help. We ask his help in worship, in the Holy Scriptures, in the Lord's Supper that he gives us to strengthen us, and in each other.
I want to close by sharing with you a, a story I read recently that I didn't know, an aspect of a story that I didn't know. A story about Martin Niemöller, a now famous German Lutheran pastor, who during the rise to power of Adolf Hitler and the Nazis, initially supported Hitler, as did the majority of Germans, members of the Lutheran or Catholic churches of Germany. But in 1937, when persecution of German Jews intensified, he began to speak out against the Nazi regime, and it resulted ultimately in his arrest and his confinement in one concentration camp after another. Miraculously, Niemöller survived. This is the Martin Niemöller that is famous for the poem, if you will, that begins, first, they came for the communists, because, but because I wasn't a communist, I did not speak out because I wasn't a communist. And he went on to list others, the Roma, that is, the, the gypsies in Germany, homosexuals, and ultimately, as we all know, Jews that had been rounded up, incarcerated for extinction by the thousands, by the hundreds of thousands. His famous poem ends, finally they came for me, and there was no one left to speak for me. The story I read not too long ago was about Niemöller and his wife after World War II was over, still living, standing outside of Dachau, reading the sign that told how many thousands, hundreds of thousands of people had died, had been slaughtered in that camp. As I read that story with tears in my eyes, I could not help but think of the many times and the many ways that I had failed to follow. And I suspect that your reaction would still be the same as mine. I suspect that all of you can identify with my experience. If that's the case, then I say to you on this warm, sunny Sunday morning, let us say yes to him when he says to us, come, follow me, no matter how tough the decisions you will need to make in order to follow me. Come, follow me, knowing that finally my way is the way to real life, abundant life, eternal life. God grant it for Jesus' sake.